You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe podcast. George Bremer, Ryan Hickey here with you. All right, last year, the Urban Meyer debacle did not go very well. Now, by the time Week 18, the Colts got down to Jacksonville's Darrell Bevel being the head coach. At that point, Urban Meyer was long gone. And now you bring in a competent coach in Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl champion head coach in Doug Peterson, who has a history a short history, at least, of developing quarterbacks. See Carson Wentz, who should have won the MVP in 2017 had he not gotten hurt. Trevor Lawrence coming in now in year number two, year number one with, with Doug Peterson. How much more, I hate to even say it this way, but how much more dangerous is this Jacksonville team now that there's actual real leadership involved at the top? I think you could hear it in Marcel's voice. You know, I think there's there's enthusiasm down there because all of a sudden you have a chance. You know, he felt like probably last year they probably felt like they were handcuffed. They were playing, you know, shorter than every other team because of the situation that they had. And now you throw in Doug Peterson, you throw in a real NFL offense, you throw in a competent leader, and now they've added some, you know, as he mentioned, they've added some receivers, they've added a tight end. Uh, I think you're going from a team that you felt like uh, you kind of had to make mistakes for them to, to to score on you. And now this is a team that you probably don't have to do that. You can probably play decently and they may still beat you uh, with this offense. And I think that's that's got to give that's got to do wonders for the defense through this all, even losing stars like Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe and everything else that's gone on. That defense in Jacksonville has remained somewhat good, at least. I mean, it's, it's not at the level that it was, but especially that that front. Has, has been able to cause people problems, you know, especially Indianapolis. I mean, my, my view of it's probably colored because every time I see them, they look like pro bowlers. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's one thing they take they take pride in. You know, defense in Jacksonville means a lot, and they've always been kind of more of a defensive-oriented franchise. And I think now you give that defense that has some young stars, they have to feel like they have a chance. And I'm not sure that was the case last year. I'm glad you brought up Yannick Ngakwe, too, now going back to your team that drafted you know, one of the, the Saxonville stars, if you will, back on the 2017 that went all the way to the AFC title game. Have you gotten a sense from him so far, like what this means and kind of his emotions heading back to the place where it all started for him? Yeah, you know, we haven't talked to him yet, but he did it on Twitter. He came out on Twitter and said, uh, you know, this, this week feels different. I think some people took that wrong. They didn't really realize what he was talking about. They thought he was talking about the Houston game, and, and I looked it up. This is first time back in Jacksonville. It feels like he's been gone forever. He yeah, was actually wow. there as recently as 2019. He played them when he was on the Ravens in 2020, but that game was in Baltimore. So Sunday will be his first time back in Jacksonville since he left the franchise. Uh, you know, I think everything from 2019 feels like it's 10 years ago. Yeah, so it probably you know, it's no different here. Uh, but it, it, that was shocking to me. I thought for sure he'd been back once already. This is going to be his first trip back there. So you figure he's going to have a lot of emotions. And honestly, look. Look what Jerry Hughes did on Sunday, and that game was in Houston. But that yeah. the guys you draft who end up going somewhere else, they tend to play with a little more of an edge. You hope. I mean, it could go the other way, too. We saw Monday night Russell Wilson go back to Seattle for the first time. Now, that situation is completely different. But he, at least early on, looked a little skittish, looked a little you know rattled um, before kind of settling in. You're right. You hope that. He could channel, and Godwin could channel more of his Jerry U self. I'm sure that's the only time we'll say that in a sentence. Uh, and kind of channel it for for good. And you hope not just him, but you hope the rest of the defensive line kind of 
also plays for Giannis. We've seen that kind of ability also rub off on other teams as well. When you know, you know, a guy is going back in his hey, it's his first time back, and this means a lot to him. We want to show not only have his back, but we want to kind of lift him up as well. You hope Quiddy Pay can carry over what he did a week one to week number two. And DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, same thing. They almost play in a weird way, not for themselves, but for Yana to kind of make him proud and kind of you know help him in his return back to Jacksonville. I think he saw that in 2019 when they went to Kansas City with Justin Houston. He had a big game. I think he ended up having a tackle for loss at the end, yeah. kind of sealed the win. But it felt like not just the defensive line, the whole defense played for Justin Houston that day. Uh, you know, he, he obviously had some intel that, that Yannick won't have because he'd been there much more recently. Uh, so he was able to, to kind of feed some things to them. But you know what? The Jaguars are playing the Colts offense. I mean, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich run almost the same system. They know it well. Frank Reich, I'm sure, has sat down with Gus Bradley this week and probably will continue to do so and talk about this is what Doug Peterson's going to do in this situation. So I think that the Colts are going to have similar intel to what they had going into that Kansas City game. And similar motivation in terms of, you know, hey, like you said, let's do this for for Yannick. It's going to be interesting to see for sure, like I said, because both both teams are so familiar with each other. And now, especially when you add the head coach to battle with them knowing each other as well as they do, there's not a lot of secrets. Right? There's not a lot of secrets, George, that will be uh, uncovered this week for sure. So let me ask you a question I honestly did not think we'd be asking right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod this early on in the season. Week two, the Colts are 0-0-1. Week two in Jacksonville. This is a must-win game for the Colts. I don't know how I can't say that, uh, given how we talked about you know the importance of these first five games, these first seven games, and these first two games. We said all along they got to be two and zero. That's not going to happen. The best they can be is one zero and one. Yeah, it's a must-win game. I'm with you. I don't think it's too early for a must-win game. Like you said, the schedule is important, but also too, it's it's momentum. It's kind of getting everything now on the right track. I have a hard time thinking if you can't win in Houston week one, you can't win in Jacksonville week number two. Now you're coming home with the Chiefs and the Titans back to weeks coming to your building. I don't see a miracle happening where they could kind of turn their play around in two weeks and all of a sudden be a better team the next two weeks and beat those teams. You're right. This is, I'm with you. I don't think it's true to say it's a must win. The division last week gave you a break. They're not going to give you a break every single week. If you don't keep on capitalizing on those opportunities, pretty sure you're going to be digging at yourself out of a hole like they have the last few years. So I'm with it. End the streak. Get some confidence. Kind of get the monkey off your back, if you will, as well. With Jacksonville, you had the week one streak hanging over you last week. They couldn't do. At least end the Jacksonville losing streak and feel good. But heading home uh, against week three against Look, if week one is any indication, it is going to be a red-hot Chiefs offense that Patrick Holmes looked like somehow he has gotten better without Tyree Kill. So it's going to be a really tough sledding and a really tough game uh, in Kansas City next week. So give yourself already a little bit of cushion here by winning in Jacksonville. I'm with it. It's an absolute must-win for the Colts. What's an area you're looking at here? Marcel talked about before, and we've both highlighted it uh, as well throughout the pod. Defensive line play for the Jaguars has been the one key and the one consistent, if you will, throughout this winning streak for the Jags and Jacksonville. It's been a difference maker. What do you kind of look at this week for the Colts to clean up or, or one area they need to win uh, in order to win this game? Yeah, I'll go with two uh, just because I like to cheat. So <laughs> one of them, we talked about that Saxonville idea. You know, you can go back. It's still etched in my brain that the 2017 home game at Lucas Oil Stadium when, when Jacoby Brissett got sacked 10 times. It hasn't been that bad every game, but it feels like it. It feels like they're always in the backfield. They're hitting the quarterback on every play. I think no sacks. I think if, if the Colts allow no sacks, I think they win this game. I think that's one big number there. Uh, the other one, though, I think 
the, the big area. We talked about it at the very top of the show, the red zone. You know, yes. you've got to finish these drives. They didn't do it in Houston. They've not done it consistently in Jacksonville. That, to me, is the other sort of, you know, through line in, in, in these games is when you do have the chances to score, not taking advantage of it, they have got to finish these drives in the end zone. If they're 80% or better in the red zone and they don't allow sacks, I think the Colts win on Sunday. Well, especially the last two years, George, 2020 and 2021, that's, the Colts have left a lot of points because they have gone for it, and I like the aggressors from Frank Reich, but they've been unable to, whether it's get a yard or it's, you know, get a fourth and goal, they've been unable to kind of punch it through. You're 100% right. This has to be a red zone percentage. We're looking at the Colts scoring, you know, at least bare minimum, let's say if they get five opportunities, three out of five here. I like your 80% because you're right. you got to only get down there consistently, also be punching in for sure. Last week, they're two out of five in the red zone. One of the reasons why they ended up with a tie. I, you know, if you go two, I'll go two as well. Number one, the, the one area the Colts need to clean up for sure that's going to lead to a win, mental mistakes. I mean, we highlighted it a lot on Sunday's pod and, and also the midweek pod as well. I mean, whether it's stupid penalties, whether it is not having guys uh, on the field in time, whether it's you know running to the kicker that you know that that kill or the running to the punter I should say the Colts had so many communication breakdowns just sloppy mental mistakes that really again allowed a bad Texans team to stay in the game for as long as you can again if you allow that to happen in Jacksonville for week number two the Jags are going to win like they don't need a lot right now in this matchup for them to win and if you are committing the same stupid penalties you did last week where you're giving them extra life or you're giving them on a third down a bailout on you know a stuffed call or a stupid play and allowing them to get a first down or vice versa, you're sitting there at first and 20 because you have a formation issue or an unnecessary holding call, you're just going to be killing yourself. The Colts are unable to overcome their mistakes in week number one. And if they do the same thing, don't clean it up, they're not going to be winning in, in week number two. So you really need to clean up a lot of the sloppy mistakes we saw in Houston last week. But another key, too, I'm looking at, especially this is a player-wise, I'm looking at Naeem Hines here. Because with we talked about before with the two focal points of the offense being Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. And to Jacksonville's credit, they've done a, a great job in recent years of limiting those two weapons, especially in Jacksonville. I'm going to assume, George, that we'll see more of that in, in week number two where I don't think Jonathan Taylor's going to be running for 200 yards in this game or even 161 like he did against Houston in week number one. So if that's game, if he is bottled up a little bit, I think Naeem Hines is a guy that I really want to see kind of, you know, break out, whether it's both in the run game and the pass game. He's a great weapon for the Colts. He can be lined up anywhere on the field. And you even saw last week in their week one game for the Commanders against, uh, for the Jaguars against the Commanders, they kind of have a similar system with James Robinson and Travis Etienne where kind of Etienne does mimic that Hines role. Worked out to the, you know, their benefit there. And if the Colts are able to get Hines, let's say 100 total yards, of offense, you know, maybe 55, 60 through the air, and, you know, you get some good rushing chunks as well. That's going to be huge because that opens up now this Jags defense for maybe extra holes for Jonathan Taylor or less attention from the defense on Michael Pittman Jr. That's a guy that I hope the Colts uh, do get involved early and often here, especially if Alec Pierce unable to play uh, in week number two. 100%. 100%. The other thing I throw in there is tempo. You know, yeah. you can't do it the whole game. It's not going to work in the NFL the whole game. We talked about that even after. I think we talked about it on, on our last pod, actually. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things about it that Matt Ryan does that opens things up. But I think, again, Jacksonville's number one goal the last couple of years with this team has been to just drag the game down in the mud, keep the Colts from getting their athletes out in space and using their speed. And I think you you, you can maybe force a little bit of that if, if you can, you know, 
push the tempo, especially early, and maybe open up some of those lanes. And the thing about it is, this team can run in tempo. We saw that in Houston in the fourth quarter. They can run. You don't think about that, but this team can use Jonathan Taylor when they're going tempo as well. And I just think you can't do it the whole game, but I, I would like to see them open up in tempo. Especially like first drive of the game, whether it's you get the opening kickoff or you, you know you hopefully get a three and out of defense, I'm with you. I think from the first drive, come out there, go up tempo, go no huddle, because we saw Trayvon Walker last week, interception and a sack on Carson Wentz. You mentioned Josh Allen before, total game breaker on the other side. How do you slow those two guys down and limit their impact? It's by just going, 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 tiring them out, having them not be able to pin their ears back. And just like you said, if you go no huddle, it limits the, the disguises the defenses can run and limit just the, you know, the energy that they can put into rushing the passer every single play. It slows that defensive line that has really killed the Colts the last few years. I am with you 100%. First drive, Frank Reich, I would love to see tempo. I'm with you there. All right, George. Here we go. We both are right now on our season picks 0 for 1. You picked a blowout. I picked a blowout last week in Houston. We were dead wrong on that with the 2020 tie. Week number two. Is this the year the Jacksonville streak does end? What's the score and why, uh, who are you picking to win? I told you at the beginning of the the, the show, I teams lost the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Last week I thought, okay, this I'll go ahead and pick it. The streak's going to end, and, and it didn't. I can't do that again. I'm going to pick Jacksonville. Uh, I'm going to pick Jacksonville 27 to 24. You know, great minds think alike, George. I'm picking the Jags too. I'm going, I'll say 23 17. I think it's a little bit of a lower score and kind of ugly drag it out game, but you're 100% right. This team does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. Going into week number one, the Colts have made changes to their credit, they change their practice schedule. They changed the way they play starters in the preseason. They changed the quarterback to someone that they trust really well. Everything geared in some part to break in that week one stretch, uh, week one streak, and getting off to a good start, unlike previous years. They couldn't do it 0 for 1 in the tie. To your point, why should I believe now that if one streak could not be broken, that all of a sudden now things are going to go their way in week number two, this is a truly different team, and that for all the woes they've had in Jacksonville, they're going to be able to overcome that. I don't see it. You're right. A normal time, no, most years, I would give the Colts a benefit of the doubt. They have more talent. Their quarterback is better. They're a, a more veteran team that's ready to win and has winning experience already where the Jaguars don't. All that said, throw it out the window. I'm with you. I can't right now sit here with a straight face and tell you the Colts are going to win this game. I can't pick them. So I'm with you. I, I think Jaguars win 23-17, lower scoring, kind of a sloppy, ugly game, kind of similar to what we saw last year. Except the, the score is a little bit closer. I mean, you hope, uh, I hope, honestly, I say 23-17, it could be 23 nothing, and you score 17 garbage time points to make it, you know, closer than it is. I think it will be a close game, but I just can't see right now the Colts overcoming the, the house of horrors uh, after week one where they should have exercised their demons and instead got off to the worst start for three quarters and I even could possibly imagine happening. Yep. No, I'm with you. You know, again, the benefit of the doubt is gone. Uh, and Jacksonville's shown this. They've done it now eight years, you know, through different coordinators, different head coaches, different personnel uh, on both sides. Uh, they they have this franchise's number. And, you know, honestly, I agree 100% with Marcel. Jacksonville wins if they win in the trenches. And from what I saw on Sunday, right now, I got to give that edge to, to the Jaguars. That's a good point, yeah. Colt offense line was disappointing. And if they had, you know, trouble kind of, moving the Texans defensive line. They'll have a lot more trouble moving the Jaguars defensive line as well. All right, George, so you're heading down to Jacksonville. Can you do us a favor here? When you land, 
Can you kind of get a sense of what the air is like, you know, going from Indy to Jacksonville? I don't know if the air is going to be, you know, tougher to breathe. Do you get kind of, do you feel like some voodoo sense? Can you, can you give us maybe a, a feel once you land down there and, and kind of get your bearings? Is there anything tangible we could see in Jacksonville that for whatever reason just makes anything from Indy go to die? Yeah, well, I'll find out. I've only been there once before. I don't remember anything, uh, you know, too much. It is heavier air down there. You know, maybe that's it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's like the reverse of Denver. You know, Denver's a thin air. You have to have the air, oxygen masks. I don't know you know, what you do for thicker air and a, on a non-hostile, you know, environment in terms of crowd-wise. But hopefully, George, when we talk next on Sunday evening, we are talking about a one and uh, – Jeez, see, this is where the, the tie <laughs> The tie sucks. We're talking about a one zero and one team, and not an o one and one team. That is for sure. Have a safe trip down to Jacksonville. Uh, catch George on Twitter throughout the week and throughout you know game day at GM Bremer. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Colts fans, we will be back Sunday evening to give you the initial breakdown of either hopefully the Colts breaking their streak. Or what well, me and George both predict will happen. The Jaguars continuing and the, the pit of misery for the Colts continuing into what was going to be a very interesting game three against the Chiefs. So have a great weekend, Colts fans. We'll talk to you on Sunday after the game.